You're listening to Bible Standard, a podcast about issues and ideas from a biblical worldview. My name is Jordan Ham. Join me as we find out what standard we live by. Welcome back to the Buy What Standard podcast. This is the third episode in the Ten Commandments series. Today we will be discussing the second commandment, no graven images. Before I get started, I just want to bring a few things to your attention. Number one is that I'm going to try to be releasing an episode every Tuesday. We'll see how that goes with my schedule, but hopefully that will be the way I be, will be releasing episodes in the future. Number two is I want to bring um, two things to your attention that please be praying for. Number one is please be praying for Pastor James Coates of Alberta, Canada, the pastor of Grace Life Church. As of right now, he is sitting in jail awaiting a trial for May the 3rd through the 5th. The reason he is in jail is because the government and the Health Organization of Canada have said that he has broke the law because him and his church have opened the doors and started singing and worshiping and gathering as a church and the government and the health organization has said no that is unsafe we don't want you to do that and the church and them said no we're not going to do that we're going to keep our doors open and we're not going to close down and we're going to worship our lord and savior because what if we close the doors it is a sin i highly highly recommend that you go in depth um go research this case um there's many resources if you um research in this case um fight laugh feast they have a couple of episodes um actually talking to pastor james Coates and uh, what's going on in canada and say very encouraging and also very sad to see what's happening because if this ends up passing um he will be facing a good amount of jail time and also possibly fines um, and if this also passes, this will set a precedent for the Can- Canadian churches um, and also for the American churches too. And so just please be praying that the gospel will be preached and that the congregation will continue to grow because as of right now, the church is growing rapidly and the gospel is going out and people are being saved. So that is very encouraging. The second thing is please be praying for our government, our senators, and our presidents. Because um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris um, and their regime are trying to bring forth this Equality Act. Um, the Equality Act has already passed in the House um, February 25th, 2021. It was, the vote passed by, it was 2024 to 206. And it is now getting ready to go to the Senate. I try to look for anything. I could not find a date that they have set yet, but it is on its way to the Senate to be voted on. So please um, be praying. Send an email or two to your senators um, and to um, the White House. Um, I've done those, and I just let my voice be known saying, hey, this is wrong. This is not good because this act is supposed to be for equality, for transgender and people who identify with different sexual orientations this is dangerous because this will allow biological males into women's locker rooms and bathrooms and really anywhere where women 
and only women should be and it will also allow men to be in women's sports this is not only dangerous to protect our women's safety but also it is not going to be fair to them because they will have a disadvantage because males biologically are generally a little better at physical activities so this is also not good for them because we're already seeing in certain sports where biological males who think they are females are already dominating and breaking records and it is not fair to the women who try very hard to get to those positions and their safety is also at a huge huge risk so please be praying for that and that this will not pass and if it does pass that the church will stand up and defy the government and say no this is wrong this is unbiblical we will not listen to you we will listen to god and that the church will unite under what god has said and defy tyrants so let us get ready and get started to discuss the third episode in the ten commandments series no graven images so please give me your ears and let's get started hey okay. we're gonna get started here on the third episode on the second commandment no graven images so before we begin um, I'm just gonna read really quickly the passage of scripture and then I'm gonna kind of go through this scripture and kind of break bits and pieces of it apart and how it relates to different areas of our lives and how it applies to how we view God and why is this important so here we go Exodus 20 starting in verse 4 you shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth you shall not bow down to them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation on those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments it is Exodus 20 verse 4 through verses 6 so right there we get this kind of God is going a little more in detail um, than the first commandment the first commandment was um, you shall have no other gods before me and the second one it's you shall not make yourself graven images and god doesn't stop there he he gives a vast detail um of what that looks like no nothing um in heaven on earth or underneath the earth and then he goes um then he also says that you shall not bow down to them or serve them then he tells you why because he's a jealous god and then he talks about the punishment that will come on those who do it and the blessing that will come on to those who obey that commandment. So there's a lot that can be unpacked from there, but I'm not going to go in every aspect that can be on, unpacked from there because we could be here for, for literally hours on end on what that could entail and where that goes in different parts of scripture but right now we're just going to dive into the image part and why we need to have god's image or more i should say why does god care about his image and why we need to worship god correctly so one thing to pull out real quick is that it seems like the it does seem like the two first commandments are um repeating themselves a little bit 
you know, no other gods, no images. I'm like, okay, I kind of get that. But there's this aspect of, of the first commandment kind of comes off this point of how we treat God and how we, you know, how how we interact with God and then how we worship God. So I guess a more accurate way would be uh, who God is and how we worship God. So who God is, God is one God. God is the one that we should worship, only one, nothing else. And then how we should worship God. So here in the image part, what God is not saying here is that we cannot think of God in any way, but that if we're going to think of God, we need to think God of God correctly, because God does not say, you shall not think of me in any way or any shape or form. God says that we shall not make any graven images um, any from anything, from anything that has been created. That means humans should not create anything that represents God, because we are not God, we are finite, and we are people who have error, and we will not be accurate in making God correctly, and God's very concerned on how he is treated in that way. So, I think every Christian has an idea of what God looks like. Um, I know I do, um, and I think, you know, even what we think Jesus looks like, and that may be, you know, the, you know, uh, fancy-haired Jesus or, or something along those lines or really anything to that extent. But, um, you know, I don't think those are wrong to actually have people like, okay, this this is kind of what I think God looks like because I think as humans, that's just something natural. We, we need something in the way that we're designed. We need something to grasp onto. The problem comes in is when we say, okay, what the way I think God looks like that's the way God has to look like. And we start limiting God into the box that we have created, either um, by thought or by something physical. Um, and then this also goes to how humans have done it in the past and still do it today. And that is, well, this is what I think God is like. I think God is many, or I think God is in everything, or I think God is just this way or that way. Um, and then we can, then we take it further and we say, well, I think this is what God looks like. And we can make statues and, and things like that sort. And that would be incorrect because God is not physical. He is spirit. And God is very, very um, complex. Um, so complex, in fact, that he stretches the mind of, hum of humanity and it hurts our brains. And we start grasping who God is. And God is um, uncontainable. He cannot be contained. He cannot be. Uh, he can be studied because he's given us stuff to study about him. But it is so um, deep that um, oh, there's an old quote. I forget who said it, but theology, which is the study of God, is so deep that a theologian can drown in, but so shallow that a child can wade in. That's the. That's the complexity of God is that it's he, he's yet so deep but yet so simple in how he reveals himself to us that um we can understand him but at the same time we'll get lost in who he is which is good God needs to be bigger and grander and more majestic 
and have majesty and weightiness to him than we can ever put value to. So that's why God is very concerned on how we view him because um, when humans get hold of trying to create something, it generally goes um, incorrect, um, either in a short span of time or a long span of time, because we a tendency to make things in our own image and make things in our own sinful, corrupted human way. So the reason God, and I've kind of touched on this a little bit, the reason God is so concerned with his image is because God is unique. God is the only unique thing in all of creation um god is the out of everything that I, that has ever been created there is nothing that can compare to god because god is the creator god is the one who's created everything and, and everything has been expressed out of him but god has kept himself unique from that he's kept himself separate from everything so therefore there's nothing in creation that can compare to the creator there are things in creation that do give um nods to and have thumbprints and have little you know winks and little you know nudges to god and we get to see oh okay you know there's there's aspects that you can tell god created that but nothing is a direct comparison to god because god is um completely completely unique if you have something 100 percent unique there is absolutely nothing that you can compare that to and i know people have tried to compare god especially the trinity two different things in creation saying oh god is like water or god is like an egg or god is like an orange or god is like the sun or god is like you know this the problem with that is what we're doing is it seems innocent on the, on the surface level but it's actually very dangerous it's very 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 dangerous and i would very much encourage anybody to to steer away from those those I guess pictures or diagrams or things of, of comparing God because when we're doing that then we're starting to lean on human understanding of God and we're not leaning on God's understanding of who he is um to, let's use the one God is like water you know H2O has three different forms solid liquid gas the problem with that is if we're looking at a single drop of water to be these three different forms the water is not going to be solid liquid gas all at the same time they're going to have to be distinct and separate at different points in time the problem with that is with god is god is father son and holy spirit all at the same time god is never god has never stopped being the son the father the holy spirit always sync always coexisting in each with each other god is not it's not like a piece of pie that you can, um, you know, God's like a piece of pie. You know, just, you cut it up in three different pieces and there's God. No, God is not, um, you cannot dissect God into different categories. God is fully and 100% who he is. The Son is 100% God. The Father is 100% God. And the Holy Spirit is 100% God. They're, they're never um, different. Compart God is not compartmentalized, or I think I pronounced that correctly, but you cannot put God's different compartments, say, oh, there, there's God. No, that's, that's not God. Um, and th that is weird and hard to understand, but it should be. I've heard other analogies too, like, oh, well, God's like, think of schizophrenia kind of situation. Well, number one, we're comparing a sinful condition, a condition that is, that is a result of a sinful, of a fallen sinful world and comparing it to God. So that's, that's a little dangerous, but God's like someone with schizophrenia who's different, you know, 
different things or multiple personality disorder or you know like this like no these are not that's you cannot compare god to anything because that makes that comes big errors when we start seeing scripture play out and then and then you start going to dangerous areas where you have uh tritheism or we just technically believe in three gods or modalism which a lot of these are most of these are modal modalistic where god is um coming in different modes he wears different hats at different times but he's never always wearing this all the hats at the same time you have um you have different i forget exactly what this one's called but what were okay well you have jesus who is a you know he's a majestic being but he's lesser than the father he was a, he was a first created um being and like no that's a, that's an error and all these things just we just need to go to scripture and, and understand what the scriptures told us what it says and 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 we need to uh trust that what god has revealed is truth because god is the one who is best um trustworthy to describe himself so i like what dr james white has said i totally recommend one to go read his book the forgotten trinity but i do like what he said about this and it really just kind of hits you in the gut a little bit at least to me it's like oh understand it's a little a little better when it comes to god so dr james white says in his book the forgotten trinity and i quote do we love all of god including the tough parts of his nature or do we refuse to bow before those elements that cause us problems? If we love him and worship him as he deserves, we will not dare to edit him to fit our desires. Instead, we will seek to worship him in truth." Unquote. That kind of explains it right there. That, that Are we going to sit here and edit God to fit our, our desires, to fit our understanding, to fit our comprehension? And in that really right there goes to our situation where we are looking to make graven images. <laughs> We're looking to make God images. And I like what Table Talk said. Um, Table Talk, and I quote, Fallen humanity's tendency is not towards atheism, but rather to idolatry, unquote. Right there, we... we these two quotes go hand in hand because this really screams to what um, is like screaming and pointing. See, this is what Exodus is telling us: is that God is telling us that He's um, that He needs to be worshipped correctly, and that our tendency is not to not worship God. Our tendency is to worship something, and that we're going to create something. Um, with their own hands um so that's just interesting to see to see that even atheists atheists they're um they worship something they worship either themselves sports uh, politics um philosophies theories science whatever they're going to worship something else they're going to make their own god and gods um and they won't call it that obviously but that's what they do and we're all we're we're really good at creating idols i like what john owen um, not John Owen, John Calvin said, the human heart is a factory of idols. And so we're good at creating things that um, we worship, and God knew this, and so that's why God says, you shall not make any graven images. 
Um, and then he goes in detail of, of where not to, because God doesn't, if God just says, you should not make any graven images, I'm going to go, okay, well, I'm going to try to do this instead. And God just kind of lays it out flat and said, I'm, here, here's, here's the details, because now there's no wiggle room. Uh, and then I like the, when God says, I'm a jealous God. So when then we start getting some, some characters, some attributes, more explaining why God is this way. God is a jealous God. Um, the re the way I look at this is, as humans, we say jealousy is a as a bad attribute. But in 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 reality, when used correctly, jealousy is a is a good attribute to have. Um, think of a husband, um, who is married, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> side philosophy god cannot make a married bachelor is unlogical <laughs> but anyway going a little sidetrack there um it, uh, husband if if someone starts to flirt with his wife he should be jealous and get enraged and that should lead to rage and into defending and to standing up and saying no this is my wife this is not your wife you better back off or bad things will happen same thing with God. He's his people. Um, he's jealous, and he wants them to worship him alone, and and they turn their desires and energy to something else. God will get jealous, and then punishments will entail from generational generational punishments at that too. So we we need to be careful on how we worship God, and the generation thing. You'll actually get to see how that plays in Israel's future because they're, when they start getting kings, the fathers or the fathers um, of of the kings, of bad kings, will lead Israel to astray into idolatry. And then their sons will follow the path of their dads and they'll lead further and astray and even worse. And then some will even further and further. And so you can see Israel just following the path of fathers and kings and rulers and generations will just continue to go into idolatry and that's even happening in america where we got fathers um and leaders leading our country astray and then they're raising their children to do that and they're just continually going into idolatry all over the place excuse me so so just right there we get to look kind of a brief introduction here to images that God is 100% unique. God cannot be compared to anything in creation. We cannot break God down into whether we think God needs to be broken down. Because if so, we are taking away God, taking away from God. We're sinning. We're making our own God, which is dangerous. Um, our tendency is to make gods. We we are we are. Our tendency is to worship something, and then we're usually with our sinful nature is to make something to worship, and then we. Um, have a tendency to uh, fly away from that, and then and when we do that, we'll if we're doing that incorrectly, if not doing it correctly, if we're sinning and we're leading our families and generations into sin, that will lead to more danger in the future. And God, is, and so all this all this wraps up into God is very concerned on how we worship Him and view Him. So we just be very very careful on how we. Um, understand God and how we worship him because if we worship him incorrectly it's not only going to be bad for us it's going to be bad for our uh, families it's going to be bad for our government it's going to be bad for the church it's just going to be bad altogether. so we need to understand how to worship God the way 
he wants to be worshipped, not the way that we think he should be worshipped. Because if we get the power, it is not going to end very well. Because we don't understand God unless he has revealed himself to us. So, that's kind of the introduction right here to this episode. So, hopefully in the next couple segments we are going to get a little deeper into what this all means to have a great making graven images and why we should not do that so what is worship i'm going to read this quote from got a question and i quote to worship is to recognize honor and express the worthiness of god that he is due as our maker unquote so right there Basically, I think it's a more contained and more accurate statement what I was trying to say earlier, but I, I like that quote because it talks about that's basically what worship is. You can replace the God part with anything. Um, so what is worship? What is what is worship? That is anything that we recognize, that we honor and express and give worthiness to. And, and that goes for and that goes for anything in life because we we were created this way we were created to express worship to something ecclesiastes 3:11 says he has made everything beautiful in its time also he has put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what god has done from the beginning to the end ecclesiastes 3:11 so right there we get to see that we have God has put something into us that that we yearn to look for, that we have eternity in our hearts, that we have that we have a longing and a desire to know something um, there that we we can't ex- we can't find it on our own. We need God to help us with that. We need God to guide us there. But there's something in us that goes, man. I know this isn't just everything. I, I know there's got to be more. There's got to be more to something out there um and then we get that also gets muddy and stuff so so people might say they're even atheists who say if they just you know they're they're warm food when they die they know there's something more out there than just than just what we have there, there's 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 a meaning to the universe there's a meaning to everything their meaning may be for higher knowledge um to find things out but but there's something in all other religions um there is a meaning in the universe there's 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 a something higher than than just being me there's something greater to be human than just being human so right there we get to just understand that our desire to worship is not just some weird thing no it's it's ingrained in our in our nature we were we were designed to be creatures of worship and as the um as out of everything in creation we have been um, bestowed the highest honor in all creation to we've been made this a little lower than the angels um and we bestow the honor that god has given us that we will what we are the ones that god um has made image bearers of there is nothing else in creation that bears the image of god we are we are that um we are the ones that he um uh, that Christ said everything that he's, he was um, said his humility to come and die for us, um, humbled himself to come die for us on the cross, and that we're the ones that God has 
has gone after because we have abandoned him. So there is these aspects to that, that that there's something special about humans, not to puff us up, but to show that God has a purpose for us. And, and ultimately, the whole purpose of the redemption story is not for us. It's to bring God glory. The whole purpose of salvation is not even, it's not even to make humans go, wow, we're special. No, it's like, wow, God's awesome. I'm nothing. I'm dust. But God is good. God is awesome. God is worthy of praise and honor and glory. It's the whole point of of everything in existence is to give God glory. Psalms 29 verses 1 through 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. Right there, that's kind of the anthem that humans should be expressing, that we need to ascribe, that we need to give God the glory he deserves. And he deserves all of it because, well, he kind of made everything and he's kind of in charge of everything. And, you know, the reason that you and me are alive today is because God allows it. So, therefore, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's deserving of of all that. Um, So, humans... We're very good at taking these concepts and twisting them. We're very good at that. We're, we are masters at the craft of sinning and masters at the craft of deception. Really good at that. So what we do as, as humans is we take, okay, well, I'm supposed to worship God. So I'm going to worship God, you know, do this. And do, but I'm going to worship God this way. I'm going to worship God that way because it feels right to me this feels more natural this feels better and then we start going all right wow this this just feels so spiritual right now this just feels so good i'm just this just just feels right and then the next person comes along and says ah man that's they can do what they want to do but i think this is how we need to worship god and then we need to worship you know i want i don't worship god like this and so and then we just keep going down this line of how we think we should worship god and then we start getting to the point like well is god even real because we've, we're starting to make ourselves so distant from god now that wouldn't even need a god um and that's why you need to be very concerned about our worship and the aspect of our worship because it is very concerning to god and how we do it because if we're worshiping god incorrectly we're in grave danger because we're not worshiping the God who needs to be worshipped. We're not worshiping the God, the true God, because we're worshiping our own version of him. But the problem is, at the very end of all of this, what's what's going to happen when Christ comes back is even the people who deny him and the people who have made up their own version of him will come to the hard reality that, um, oh, he's real. Oh, and he is he is right about how who he says he is um because in our in america we're having liberal christianity now that's infecting our churches like a cancer and one of the big ones right now is the blm type of movement and the transgender movement that's coming into the church and this stuff has been going on way before that but it's all comes up into liberal Christianity. We need to be 
We need to be enlightened. We need to be, we need, we, we're being suppressed by something and by old, old ways. And we need to enlighten ourselves and go further and further on than, than what, than what can restrict us as, as this dusty old book. We need to go beyond that. And, um, that's fine. That's fine and dandy. You can do, do what you want, but the end result's not going to be good. Um, I personally don't want to burn for eternity and in torture and suffering because of my um, sin and, and wanting to ignore what God says and ignore the salvation. Um, so, but we trick ourselves. I mean, the thing is, even on some are really good at tricking ourselves that making that even sin is not sin because we're like, oh no, no, God, God says this is okay. I can worship God and have that. This is okay. Like, no, it's not. Then you need to get rid of that because that's a sin. So, like, liberal Christianity is we're, we're, we're moving on now where for, you know, 2,000 years, the church has believed that God created the world in a literal six days. There has been a couple people, there have been some people in groups that have come through and say, oh, well, no, or this or that. But for the most part, people have believed that God created the world in literal six days. Now the now we're starting to sway. This big movement is starting to come through and it's gaining more and more traction more and more and more each year is evolution, um, theistic evolution. And the problem with that is, is it's not biblical. It's wrong. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to sit here and argue, make, well, you can't say that because they have good points. I don't, it's wrong. It's unbiblical. It's, it's basically taking and not trusting what God says and trying to do twist scripture to make it make more sense instead of just trusting God and, and believing what he says and saying, oh, I don't understand how God can create world, the world in literal six days. Good. You shouldn't have to understand how God cleared the world in literal six days. You just need to trust that God cleared the world in literal six days. And so we just need to trust that because if we're going to trust what God says, it's not going to be easy. It's not, it's not always going to be fun, but we need to do that. Well, I don't. I don't know if God really created two genders or two sexes or, you know, I don't really know, it, you know, it, yeah, male and female, uh, you know. So problem is what, hap what has happened in the church. I'm going to kind of give you a brief summary of what's been going on and in, in, in why we're at the point that we are and, and how this affects our worship. We've allowed liberal thinking to come into the church. We've started off with the authority of scripture that the bible is not completely accurate the bible has issues the bible has errors and once you start attacking that then we can start taking all of scripture we can start taking anything we want and that's what's happened at first we had this we, we had this bleeding in that that what the church has held for 2000 years is not accurate that that, that well paul probably didn't write this letter over here so therefore it's probably not accurate and we don't need to believe that or uh you know genesis x and leviticus and numbers it was more of a metaphor especially genesis more of a poetic book especially the first you know few chapters more poetically it's not actual historical um we start attacking these ideas of the authority of scripture and, and we're saying well i'm not saying that scripture is wrong I just don't think that scripture is always 100% correct because, you know, you know, all the books that we have has some kind of error. So therefore, the Bible has got to have some kind of error because it was written by fallible men. 
and we start taking, chipping at the foundation, and we start attacking God, and we don't trust that God can um, sustain his truths by the power of the Holy Spirit, inspiring fallible men to write infallible truths. And, and we start saying, well, the Bible, well, the Bible, well, the Bible says this, but, you know, that doesn't work. And then we, and then once we start getting that done, then we can start saying, well, then the Bible, it just, it's just not culturally accurate today. You know, it's just, we just, we can't, we can't say that God allowed slavery in the Bible. That's just not wrong. No, the Bible allowed slavery, deal with it. That's, uh, you know, God allowed it, deal with it. Um, God didn't allow the type of slavery that happened in America. But at the same time, he did because he also let it go on for so long. But does that mean that God agrees with it? No, but God allowed that stuff to happen and he can stop it. But no, we can't because we start attacking the scriptures. We start attacking God's attributes and we start attacking God's sovereignty. And then when God's not sovereign, then everything crumbles. God's not sovereign. So therefore, God did not create the world in literal six days. Therefore, evolution, theistic evolution is involved. Therefore, Adam and Eve are not true people. Therefore, sin is not as, not as bad as it was. Therefore, gender is not truly defined. Therefore, race is race because, you know, we, we don't have ethnicity, which is truth. We have an ethnicity. We're not different races. We're one race as humans. We just have different ethnicities. But no, since evolution comes in, now we have race. And we have many genders that can happen because we are evolving. And, and you know, what is truth? What is what is laws? We don't need laws. Laws, is, laws, is, laws need to evolve. And speech needs to evolve. And, and this needs to evolve. And the way families and structure needs to evolve. The church needs to evolve. And we're, because God's not sovereign, it's ultimately what it is, because if we take God's sovereignty out, we can do whatever we want. Once we attack scripture, and it take its authority away, and take its accuracy away, then we've ultimately taken God's sovereignty out. And once we take those two out of the picture, we can do whatever we want. And I believe that's kind of why God does say that he will punish those who don't keep his commandments, but bless those who do keep his commandments, because the people that don't listen to God, God's going to punish. Because they're not for him. They were opposed to God. And we in in the church in America has, has listened to this for so long that we've never we're not standing up now, and now we have so many things um in our culture that are being attacked because the church and now the church we, we don't have it's it's getting harder each year, it's getting harder and harder for us to stand up because the more we sit down and become fat on on acceptance, um, then we'll become very less useful in fighting in the war of truths. So the reason why our worship is important is because it needs to be informed by truth. And if we allow our own ideas to be the ultimate authority of worship, then everything else is going to start to be affected as well. Because, like I said earlier with the theology and the doxology, if we're just going to throw out truth, 
and just praise, then we have thrown out our most vital parts of the church. Because then we're just singing songs to an empty nothingness to whatever you think God is. And that's very, very dangerous because you can start seeing how this has been affecting the church in the past. I don't exactly have an exact date, but this has been affecting the church for years. Because right now we have in our churches, we have started allowed, we have allowed songwriters to write songs for our churches who are not Christians, who preach heresy. And they sing and they and they sing songs and we sing in our churches. I'm not gonna say this to be mean. I'm not saying this to be rude. I'm saying this because it's true. And I hope that you would do research like I have, um, and go in depth in that. But I'm just gonna give a brief summary that people like Hillsong and Bethel are, um wicked wicked churches they're not even churches they're just they're just they're wicked because they're they're teaching and their doctrine um are wrong they completely preach against what the bible says and the problem is you can even go to their their websites and look at their statements of faith the problem is it passes pretty pretty well but when you actually listen to their teaching and start listening to it listening to it carefully and sometimes you don't even have to listen to it carefully they're just blatantly just flamboyant about it you start realizing that's not what the Bible says. Um, we got things in those churches they do. Um, they believe in modern-day apostles, which is completely incorrect. They have healings, um, you know, healings, but it's just like snake oil salesmen. They, um, they have just weird, wacky beliefs. Like some of them believe that Jesus went to hell and had to die there and actually pay for sins in hell and had to basically be reborn um in in in, in a sense and and be be the uh because he had to go and actually pay and punish for in hell and actually be reborn um and be resurrected because he because of what happened on the cross and that's not what the bible teaches they um some of them also believe that jesus is not quite god but he's he's like god and someone's like well no that's not quite it you know he's jesus in the jesus the son god part are completely different from each other and it's just wacky i mean there are some of them who actually um will go and lay on graves of old dead saints and try to soak up energy from them um to go and preach um the bible um, but it's it's just wacky, crazy stuff. And the problem is, these people sing songs, and we and we take them and say, "Oh wow, those sound accurate enough," and we sing them in our churches and on our radio stations. The reason why I think that's dangerous, and it's bad that we sing those, and I'm going to give <laughs> a couple examples. Um, is well before I get started here. Um. I do recommend, I'm going to try to remember to put a link in the description, but please go watch. The, uh, there's a video on YouTube with Todd Friel and Justin Peters talking about Bethel and Hillsong. So uh, should, should Christians sing Bethel and Hillsong 
um, music. All you have to do is type in Todd Friel and um, Bethel, and you'll come up with tons of stuff with them from the Strange Fire Card for conferences with John MacArthur and all these things. It's just, it's it's sad to see that we have to be talking about this stuff, you know, today because people are falling into it like nobody's business. But the reason this stuff is bad, it, one, because it's inaccurate. It's not truth. It's not worshiping God truthfully. It's worshiping God the way we think we should worship God. Um, number two, it's um, the, the way Justin Peters puts it is if you were to worship, use worship music that Planned Parenthood made. So Planned Parenthood said, hey, you know, we're going to make some worship music. Um, and we'll put it out there. Um, we start singing them in our churches. Will we do that? Number one, we're associating, not just number one, we're associating ourselves with, we will be associating ourselves with Planned Parenthood and say, well, you know, I don't believe what they said, what they say, but I do like what they write about worship. So one, we're, we're mixing ourselves with very bad company. And number two, if you're singing these songs, you usually have to pay, if you're honest, you have to pay a royalty to that label or those artists because they you're singing their music and so you're paying them to sing their music in your churches so if you're doing that you're ascent you're basically paying you would be so if you're if we're singing music that Planned Parenthood made you would be essentially paying Planned Parenthood putting money into their pockets to, to kill children to sing worship songs because I like the tune I like this song is is that something you're willing to do? Is that something you would be willing to do? It's even worse because we're actually paying these churches to make songs. We're paying and we're putting money in their pockets and they're sending people to hell, which is way worse than what Planned Parenthood is doing. They're sending people to hell in droves because they're leading people astray by false gospels. And, and we need to be very very careful and I'm, i have some backup of this to, to help support this um why we need to worship god correctly and why god is very concerned why he why we need to worship him correctly leviticus 10 chapter 10 starting verse 1 now nadab and ahu the sons of aaron each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the lord what she had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord has said, Among those who are near me I will be sanctified, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. That is Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. So right there, God is very concerned with how he's worshipped. He's even, he was even concerned with what type of fire they put in the incense and God killed them for it. So therefore God's very concerned on how we worship God in our churches. Now, is there grace? Yes. Or sin abounds, grace abounds, <laughs> grace abounds. But does that mean that we need to keep sinning so grace abounds more? No. There is grace for our inaccuracies and our faults. Um, because that's who God is. Christ paid for those sins. If you're saved, your sins have been forgiven. But if we become aware of these sins, 
we need to try we not need we need to strive to fight those and and get out of that sin and 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 be in truth um that's why i'm very concerned with this bethel and hillsong and not just them but all the other false preachers that are out there at like elevation and all, all of them they're just very very dangerous because um, they're just preaching blatant heresy and and they're preaching they're preaching against our lord they're 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 enemies of of god because they're preaching completely against what he says and they're like and so they're like oh well they're just inaccurate they just need to be held truth no they don't a lot of them don't care they're 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 getting rich they're getting fat on the starving sheep of Christ's flock. And and the and these some of these sheep are in these churches starving for good spiritual truth and is giving their their shepherd money and, and time because they they want they, they these sheep are just longing desire for God and they just keep giving them junk food. And they need good shepherds who will, who will lead them to the good shepherd who will give them good food and then we got some of these people who are just going into hell and droves believing that what what god wants me to be is happy healthy and wealthy and it's very very sad and scary to see that so that's why we need to worship um god correctly and we need to understand how we're worshiping and making sure that's being worshipped and we're, that we're worshiping correctly because it does matter um, on where on where our, our understanding lies, and that's why we need to renew our minds daily. That's why we need to go back to God's word daily and seek and say, "Hmm, am am I am I in the word correctly? Am I am I worshiping God right? Because because I want to because I want to make sure that I am. At least I know I do. I want to make sure that I'm like, hey, is that? Because there are times where I'm reading scripture, I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm doing that right. And there's times where I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm doing that right. And then I don't apply it because I'm like, ah, oh, I'm good. And then by God's grace, it works on us and it helps us to understand this is a big deal and you need to stop. I'm like, oh, okay. And that's why the beauty of the gospel is that we are, we are so messed up in our sin that we, that we are, even as Christians, we are still willing to sacrifice truth for our own pleasure. So... That's that's kind of the cool part about about God is is even when we're even in our sin as we're saved, God is still just loving and patient towards us and say, "Yes, my child, you you need to get out of that." And, and sometimes I gotta hit you on the head. Sometimes I gotta spank you, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you be incomplete because he who began a good work will bring it to completion in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's where we need to to understand that we we are in Christ and that God is going to make us more like his his son. So that's kind of the sum up of this video here is that we need to be worshiping God correctly. We need to make sure that we're not making our own God. And we need to make sure that we do not go <laughs> in the areas that god has said not to because if we do that that is going to lead lead us into very very bad bad spots so i want to leave off with this um verse 
um, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Um, it goes, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And to that, I say amen. That's Philippians 2, 9, 11. So, right there, at the, at the end of the days, there will be two groups of people. There will be the people that will be bowing down and worshiping God and just, just, just finally be able to see him and say, yes, you're the one I have longed to see. And our knees will bow willingly and our tongues will confess with gratitude and thankfulness. And then there'll be those who will be forced to say those praises and knees will be knocked down so they'll be on their knees unwilling and willingly so we need to be careful because do not want to be in the group that i'm being forced to worship and bow to god i am to be the group that is praising god for all who he is and at the same note at the end of the days everybody's going to say okay everybody is going to be worshiping god um, either forced or willing, God's gonna get God's gonna get it. But we can think of people in history that are bad or people who wrong us. And we remember that if they're not saved, they they're still going to be forced to worship God um, the way He says He wants to be worshipped, and that is in truth. So, summing all that up, hopefully this all made sense. Um, I said i don't i don't want to try to offend anybody on the talking about the bethel and hillsong i'm not don't want to offend but that is something that does that i do take very seriously because it's 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 dangerous it is very dangerous i think that the church needs to um maybe take a step back and consider what we're singing in our churches and as christians we need to be careful because on how we live our lives um in the uh areas of worshiping god because it's not just what we sing on sunday um, it's how we interact in our lives every every single day. It's what we consume ourselves with. And if if it's not God, if God is not um, inspiring us and driving us to do things to keep his commandments because we love him, then we need to examine our hearts and be like, is is this for God's glory or is this for my own my own gain? So I'm gonna wrap this up now and end this and this podcast. Um, thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it. Like I said earlier, I will be trying to put a video out every Tuesday or so. We'll see how that works. That's going to be my goal, but we'll see what happens. Um, but, but yeah. So, hope you all enjoyed this. And uh, I'm going to steal this from Retro Radio from Tide for You All. Thank you for listening. Go serve your king. Yeah.